Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 224. Today's episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast is brought to you by the Positive Productivity Pod, created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success without burnout. The pod offers weekly group coaching sessions, online courses, a private member community, and tons more. To learn more about the pod and to sign up, visit PositiveProductivityPod.com. See you on the inside. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. I'm so happy to have you here, and I'm thrilled to introduce you to today's guest, Jonathan Price. Jonathan is a personal trainer and nutritional therapy practitioner. Jonathan, I I struggle with saying names sometimes, so that was like a mouthful for me. And the owner of Nourished Performance. Jonathan, welcome. Thanks for having me. So excited to be here. Uh, You're so welcome. Jonathan, can you give a little bit of your backstory to the listeners and tell them how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. I, I fell in love with uh, with fitness specifically in high school. Uh, I wanted to be a better athlete, wanted to get dates, which still didn't happen until like college, but you know, whatever. And uh, just kind of, I, I really loved how uh, empowered I felt as I became more fit and pursued that in school at Auburn University. Got a degree in the field and then started personal training right out and kind of went through the corporate gym world for about 10 years. and you know, good and bad things there, obviously, as you grow up in an industry. But uh, about seven years ago, started my own business as an independent contractor, and then um, got some more nutritional education a few years ago to become a nutritional therapy practitioner, because that's kind of my second love and goes really well hand in hand with fitness. And then uh, as of October of this year, I opened my first uh, brick and mortar facility in Minden, Nevada, which is uh, northern Nevada, kind of in the Reno, Carson City area. And uh, so that just launched uh, about two months ago, and that's been keeping me busy and exciting and really love what I'm doing. I need to share a little funny side note. My husband, that sounded really Southern. Did you hear that? My, my husband. <laughs> I am not Southern. I'm a New Yorker. My family will be laughing when they hear this one. Anyway. Well, I grew up in Alabama, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're right at home right now. Yeah. Anyway, he, I won't even say it again. He went into home ec in high school. To go after the girls. And oh. while it did work, he also learned how to cook really good. Thank goodness, because it carries into our home today. I mean, I burn a box of mac and cheese. So <laughs> yeah, it worked out for him. I don't talk to many people who actually have continued what they went to college for or what they were even aspiring to do in high school. So you are refreshing in a way. I mean, even I have gone nowhere near, well, I did, but I've now been almost 10 years removed from what I went to college for. What do you think was the major pivotal moment when you were in high school? Was it really just the girls and wanting to get in? Or can you remember like specifically what got you into it? It was a combination thing. You know, I was I was a little chubby coming into high school. So I got picked on a little bit. Nothing like to the bullying stuff you see today, but I did get picked on. And that was some motivation. And as I, I guess kind of uh, pointed to, as I got more in shape, my self-esteem got improved, just more confident. I became a better athlete. Still wasn't. I still sat at the bench quite a bit, but became a better athlete. And 
I don't know. It was just one of those things I started. Uh, it's funny because I wanted to help people feel the same way, obviously. And I went to college and I started in this field as far as studying. And um, my dad convinced me that it wasn't a good field to be in. Uh, so uh, I switched to business school, got a degree in marketing. And as I was finishing that degree, I was like, I don't want to wear a suit and sit at a desk and I just want to be a personal trainer and, and help people. So I ended up staying an extra year. And, and to this day, I cannot see myself in a different industry. I just, you know, going through the corporate gyms, it's a struggle, but I just like, I don't know what else I would do. Like, this is what I love to do. So uh, I love helping people. I love being in the fitness world. So as far as a pivotal moment, I think it was just... The realization I was graduating college into something I did not want to do. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to stay another year. I'm going to get the degree I originally set out to get. And uh, that was really the pivotal moment. I almost joined the military in the process, <laughs> which is a whole other story. Um, you and I both. But uh, instead of doing that, I stayed. Yeah. I mean, the opportunity to do something different. I always want to do something different. I was going to do ROTC, but my parents wouldn't let me. They're like, no, we'll go to college you know, we'll pay for it or student loans. And while I doubted them as any teenager does, I followed their suggestion. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful today. I mean, I am married to a U.S. Air Force veteran. So I appreciate what all active and, awesome. and veteran military people, I know that wasn't very eloquent, what they do and what they've done for our country. But I graduated college in June of 2001. So had I gone okay. that route, I would have gone straight to Iraq and everything with 9-11. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Coincidentally, though, my husband enlisted on 9-12 of 2001. So, yeah. Wow. Different strokes for different folks, right? Wow. Jonathan, I thought that I wanted to wear fancy clothes and heels and dress up every day when I was in high school. I went, I went to school to be an interior designer, and I did work in the field for a number of years before life happened and my life completely changed. And now I can't imagine besides the days when I am going to a networking event or speaking or anything like that, I can't imagine having to put on a suit or a blazer or a dress every single day. I'm not saying that there aren't times that I don't enjoy doing it, but I so love the flexibility of working for myself, not having to take lunch when somebody tells me I can and being watched to see how long I'm out for. It's amazing. Absolutely. So you said seven years ago, you decided to start your own business. Was it seven years ago? Seven years ago. What did that journey look like for you? How did you decide to branch out on your own? So I had been working in the corporate gyms for about 10 years, you know, off and on through college and then full time after. You know, I did 24-hour fitness. I did Gold's Gym. I started at a YMCA when I was 19. And the Gold's Gym I went to, uh, it was in California when my wife was interning for her career. And it just, it was like the last straw for me. It just wasn't a good atmosphere. I was tired of the, you know, the corporate gyms. They, they take a big chunk of what you're charging or what they're charging uh, up to like 70%. They keep what the trainer's you know, working for. And I was like, you know what, like I have, all, I have a college degree. I have all this education. I'm super passionate. And I, we were moving back to Reno and I said, I'm either going to be an independent business owner, independent contractor, or I'm done. I mean, that was it. It was like do or die. I'm not working for these gyms anymore. I'm going to be my own boss. And, uh, I luckily essentially got a job at my dream gym. Uh, it was a 90,000 square foot gym in Reno, beautiful facility. And that's, that's how I started. And I just, Basically, I hung out there for 
you know, eight to 10 hours a day trying to get clients and slowly built up. And yeah, that's how that started. It was kind of a do or die moment for me. Like you said, I didn't want someone telling me when I had to be there, when I could take lunch, when I could work out, you know, making me come to meetings are generally a waste of time. And I just do or die. And I decided to, uh, I was either doing that or I was going to do something else. And I didn't know what that was going to be. One of the final kickers for me was actually remembering Okay, so I lost my job as an interior designer out here in Ohio in 2008, just because Dayton, Ohio is not the mecca of interior design by any stretch of the imagination. So I ended up being an administrative assistant at American Honda, and my husband Dave and I had been trying to add to our family because we each came into our marriage with two, and I was a contractor, and I was realizing it was going to be really hard for us to add children to our family with me having to take off for maternity time and doctor's appointments. And as a contractor, I wasn't going to get paid for that. And looking back to when I had my first child in New York, I kept on getting docked for half days when I was only out for a couple hours. And at the time, we were already struggling. I mean, when, when Dave and I were trying to add to our family, we were already struggling financially and trying to figure out how we were going to add more income. So coincidentally, I started this business in September of 2012 Two months later, it had already blown up and I gave my notice at my job that I was leaving. And that week we found out we were pregnant with our daughter, Navea. So timing, wow. timing is everything. And sometimes we can get impatient and just wonder when is it going to happen? But if we just hold on, it eventually does. And now look at you. Just in the last few months, you've opened your own gym. I'd love for you to share more about that with the listeners, please. Absolutely. Yeah. Talk about, um, you know, the right time. It just happens, right? You know, I... Uh... I was commuting to Reno five days a week, which is about a 40 minute drive for me, which I know, you know, people who live in the big cities like LA or New York, like, oh, big deal. But two young kids, family, horses, animals, and trainers typically start early in the morning and end late at night. So it just, it just was a really long day. And I, and our life is all down here in the Minden Carson area. So about a year, year ago, this past August, I started, uh, I rented space out of uh, Anytime Fitness down here. And did the independent thing there. So I kind of started that transition down here and just still wasn't as good of a place that I actually was to be. Like the really, I really love the owner of that place. It just, I couldn't do what my vision was and execute ideas that I had freely. And so I had been thinking for a year or two, like I looked at spaces and, and stuff and, but I just kind of got complacent. I was like, and this is what our life is right now. And I remember it, it was uh, last weekend, uh, July. And I came home at lunch. My wife was there. She was off that day. And I was I was complaining about something uh, about the gym. More like, I think it was like a space issue or something. I don't know. Nothing, you know, too important. But she just said, why don't you just open your own gym finally? And I kind of laughed it off. And uh, she was dead serious. Um, and she's more the conservative one as far as taking risks, uh, in my opinion. And I was like, oh, like you're dead serious. And, and literally how the fastest happened is that day. Uh, it was a Thursday. I had a spot in mind that I'd seen before. And the Friday after that day, I called, set up a meeting to look at a spot on Monday and signed a lease on Friday. So it was about an eight day turnaround for me saying, okay, let's open a gym to signing a lease and getting going. And I had been scared for a while, but it was just that right time. The location was perfect. The price, I couldn't believe it was very affordable. For what I had in mind, it's uh, uh, in a retail location versus uh, I thought I was going to have to rent a warehouse location to get the size space that I wanted. So, yeah, it was just everything worked out. Timing, location, price, and 
it's been rocking. Took us about two months to get it uh, built out to where we needed it, and then you know, first month I I even broke even, which is a lot of business owners can't say. So I was five years into my first business. It was a e-commerce shop in the mid to late two thousands. And by the end of that five years, I was still only making about 25 cents a day. I know that's a little bit more than breaking even, but I don't consider that breaking even by by any point. I was sort of laughing over here when you said your wife said, well, why don't you just do it? Listeners, Jonathan is episode 224. So you can find the show notes and all the resources that we talk about at thecamsutton.com forward slash PP224. But in episode 220, I chatted with... Roger Ramsuk. And after he lost his job, his wife told him, well, maybe this is God telling you that it's your time. And actually the same thing had happened with me and my husband. He lost his job and that's when we decided it was time for him to go pursue his dream. So men, I'm not trying to insult you, but sometimes you just need to listen to your wives a little bit more. <laughs> oh no. There's I, a reason I why our restroom was on the right side. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, I don't stereotype very often, but once in a while, okay, once every 224 episodes, I might let something like that slip. That's okay. It's totally fine with me. And yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's what your, your partner is there for is to support you. And and I, when she said that, and she was very like serious, and like I said, she's, to me, to my opinion, I think she's more the, the conservative as far as the risk taking and, and our relationship, but from a business side. And I was like, Oh, you're serious. And that just gave me the full confidence just to like go. And we just did it. And, you know, we knew it was going to be a hard road as far as we have, you know, six month old right now and a four year old. And, and, you know, we always pick these times where it's like, really, you're going to do that right now. But you know, there's no time like the present and it feels right. And it felt right. And just took her advice and we went for it. So I know these are just the first few months of actually having your own gym. Do I call it gym or studio? What are you calling it? I call it a gym. Uh, it's a it's a private personal training gym. You know, it's two thousand square feet, so I feel like it's a little bit bigger than a studio. But I guess you can call it a studio, whatever you want to call it. I call it a gym. I'll call it a gym because that's what you call it. Yeah, I feel like people a lot of times don't understand what a like a training studio is. So if I say personal training gym, I feel like people understand what more so what it's going to be like. Absolutely. I know you're only a couple months in, so there's a lot of foundational work that's still going on, especially in terms of marketing and filling up your client roster and all of that. But considering everything that you do have it going on in your family and you've got children and your wife and all your animals, how do you, or maybe I should say, what are you doing to make sure that you are giving yourself the me time and the family time versus living, breathing, eating your gym? Yeah, that's that's a struggle for sure for entrepreneurs and, and myself. Um, you know, we've we've had a couple of fights where I kind of get a little too involved in what I'm doing and too obsessed. But I know when to back it off, and uh, I feel like we've uh, we've managed to balance as much as possible. You know, like Friday afternoons, I make sure I'm not doing anything. I try to take uh, those days off because my wife works as well. She works on the weekend Sundays typically, so I try to make sure Friday afternoons I'm off to be available with them. You know, it's, it's hard because it's the end of, you know, of the week and I'm tired, but uh, you just got to push through it and get that family time in. And uh, actually recently, as far as my own health and my own me time uh, is ironic. You know, I work I work in a gym. I'm still working in Reno, too. So I rent space in Reno and I'm down here. So I'm working six days a week right now. And uh, I find myself barely working out. And, you know, I'm a personal trainer, nutritionist, and I wasn't eating as healthy as I should. And I was like, God, I just like. 
a need to prioritize me. So um, actually my wife, myself and my daughter, as well as my sister and my father all signed up for a Spartan race coming up in May. I needed something to just like keep me accountable. And that's, that's been a really, really good thing. Cause you know, there's some stuff you have to do in business, but there's some stuff that can probably wait. And it's not that much of a priority as you probably know. And uh, so I've been making sure I get my own workouts in because that helps me just stay focused. Uh, it gives me energy. Uh, it makes me feel good about myself, but it's, it's, it's hard to find a balance, but signing up for something like that definitely helps because that's another one of those do or die moments, right? You'll get exposed if you're not prepared. So that's been helpful. And it's something I'm just, I keep working on. I try to be, you know, try my best to be mindful when I'm with the family being there and present. Sometimes I get a little off course, but still working on that, that aspect. I am not familiar with Spartan race and I'm sure that there's listeners who aren't either. Can you explain that? Yeah. So, uh, Spartan race is very similar, like a tough mutter, uh, which is a little bit more, a lot of people know about that, but it's an obstacle course race. So it's typically in the mountains, anywhere from three miles to 26 miles. And there's anywhere from 20 to 50 different obstacles, whether it's cargo nets or monkey bars or jumping in mud and water. And, and there's all different distances, but yeah, it's, um, it's basically an outdoor obstacle course race that kind of tests your mental and physical proudness, if you will, because when you're jumping in 40 degree water or 50 degree water and they want you to climb monkey bars, you get a little gut check there. Yeah. But I, you know, I like new and stuff. And your daughter signed up for this with you as well? Yeah. So they have a kid's version. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So for the four to six year olds, I believe it's a half mile and then they have a six to, I forget the age ranges, but they have a mile and a two mile as the kids get older to do so we all we're all doing it as a family and it's, it's going to be fun um and it's uh where my parents live so we'll have make a little family trip out of it too. i don't know that my four-year-old daughter would be up for that she's a she's a little bit of a diva she's constantly showing us her poses so i'm not sure about mud or anything that would you know get dirt under her nails listeners i did not train her to be this way <laughs> Oh, so is ours. I'm like, I'm like a little skeptical of how it's going to turn out because she's the same way. She's sassy. She'd be a little diva. I mean, she does like to play in the dirt sometimes too, but I, we just, uh, you know, we asked her if she wanted to do a Spartan race with her cousin, Miles, who's, uh, uh, he's, uh, he'll be four about that time too. And she's like, yeah, as long as I beat him. <laughs> so, That's awesome. So she said yes. And so we're going to do it. We'll see what happens. With all my kids in my house, there are definitely the weekends are more exhausting than the already exhausting week was. What do you do mm -hmm. or what do you try to do for yourself to keep yourself sane when you're balancing everything? That's a really good question. Uh, we just, I mean, when we have a moment, like if the kids are napping, we try to, you know, go do something that's not stressful, whether it's like work outside in the yard or We've actually come since I have my own gym now. We've been coming in the mornings on Saturdays and getting our own workouts in. And uh, my daughter will run around and play. And my son's only he's only six months old. So he just kind of lays there like a blob. But we try to do something as a family, too, whether it's hiking, playing outside on the swing set. Um, you know, we'll have a glass of wine while we're doing those things. <laughs> just to stay sane a little bit. Hey, I was not going to say this, but last night I drank a margarita. That is not my recommended sanity saver, listeners. Just hear me out there. But last night I was just like, oh, yes. Oh, sometimes <laughs> you got to. Yeah. Other night I, I found some eggnog in the fridge. I was like, well, and it has alcohol in it. So I was like, I, it's not the healthiest beverage, but 
I'm going to drink it right now because my kids are driving me crazy. Yep. And I am also not going to deny that there are the other nights where, and I, and I, I got a lot of inspiration from Abraham Hicks, where if I'm just really beyond sane and stressed out, then Abraham says, take a nap. And while I could go and work out, that has never been, maybe that will change in 2018. That has never been my method. So I will really just go and take a 25 minute cat nap and I wake up so refreshed. I, I do the same things. Sometimes, you know, if the workout's just not in the cards, uh, energy's not there. I've, I love me some naps when it, when it's available, you know, try to time the kids taking a nap at the same time. But yeah, I, I agree. That's a, that's a great way to reduce stress too. And it's been proven, especially the short naps to, to offer health benefits and lower stress and lower blood pressure and, and a lot of good things. So I think that's a good strategy as well. Coordinating kids taking naps at the same time. That just blows my mind because that hasn't happened in our house in forever. They just don't. They refuse. Well, I, have, I, I only know, have two. but like our, our, we have the four-year-old and then the almost three-year-olds. And I don't know what has gotten into them, but they just refuse to nap anymore on weekends. Apparently, they nap like little angels at daycare. Oh, that's tragic. So we, we will actually put them in their room. The three of them share one bedroom. And they will be in there for three hours playing, fighting, playing, screaming, playing. One of them might fall asleep for a little bit until the other two wake them up. But, you know, it's <laughs> and then I don't know if I've ever shared this on the podcast before. However, we actually had to reverse their doorknob because they were locking us out and they're little monkeys and they would hang from the child lock thing that can go over the doorknob handle and they would just pull it right off. So we turn their doorknob around so that the lock is on the outside. So we lock them in because if we don't, in the middle of the night, they will wander the house and they will get into everything. However, they are sneaky. I don't know which one of them did it, but one night we have a bedtime routine and it was a night when my boys were with us too. Uh, listeners, my boys are with us halftime and we all went in to do the hugs and kisses and uggamuggas. Thank you, Daniel Tiger. And somebody had locked the bedroom door. And we have to close the door when we go in there else. One will run out and then another one will chase after them. And it's it's like herding cattle trying to get them to bed at night. However, we finished up the bedtime routine and we realized that we were locked into the bedroom. Oh, no. So we had to put my 12-year-old out the window. So that he could, <laughs> so that he could run in one of the doors and let us all out. And this was the second time it had actually happened. There was a day that my twelve-year-old and I were at a soccer tournament, and they had locked my husband in. And my fifteen-year-old was listening to his headphones and didn't hear my husband knocking on the door. And my husband's not a big man, but he cannot go out the window. So, yeah, sneaky little suckers there. They always, always. You think yeah. you got this clever plan, and it always yeah. backfires on you. Or they outsmart you. I like you. the Saturday morning routine, though, of going to the gym and letting her run around. And eventually, your little guy will be doing it, too, running around. And, oh, maybe that's what we need to do is just take them to the Y on Saturday and Sunday mornings and let them burn out so that at nap time they are ready to go and we can do whatever we want to do. Maybe it is napping. Yeah, napping. I mean, it's napping or just hanging out or yeah, whatever. Absolutely. Jonathan, what would you say that your why is? I just, you know, I, I know how good you, someone can feel if they're eating the right things, if they're trying to be at least active. And I think there's a lot of people that have this in their mind, these barriers, like I have to be 
have to eat this certain way. I have to do CrossFit. I have to do bodybuilding, whatever, like this like dogmatic approach. And I, I feel like it doesn't need to be that way. So I, I think my why is helping people navigate the confusion and jungle that, that health and fitness can be and finding something that is enjoyable to them and sustainable for them personally, because everyone's different and showing them how good it feels to feel good. Essentially. Uh, I think a lot of people like if they've never felt good, cause they've never eaten the right foods for their, their specific body. Like they don't know what it's like to feel good. And so when someone says, Oh, let's go, you know, let's go work out or let's go, you know, these vegetables and this whatever for dinner like, Oh, that sounds horrible. But if they actually knew what it felt like to feel good, I, I think that they would stick to it. So my why is I think helping people to navigate all the confusion that's out there and finding something that works for them so that they can be healthy and that with as little least amount of pain as possible. What's the most inspirational thing that you've recently read or listened to or watched? Recently read, listened to or watched. There's a lot. I, I, I sometimes I find myself uh, pulling up um, motivational videos just when those days I'm feeling kind of down and feel like the, the world's kind of on, on top of me. There's a guy out there. Matt, let me see if I can spell it for you. He does uh, motivational videos and he'll take, you know, inspirational quotes and set them to music. And so sometimes I'm feeling bad. I'll put on a four or five minutes of that. And, and those tend to inspire me quite a bit because it talks about struggle and victory and all that good stuff. But his name is, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's M-A-T-E-U-S-Z-M. If you go to YouTube and search that. Awesome. Listeners, this will be in the show notes because I'm not even going to try pronouncing it either. And again, the show notes can be found at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP224. I'm very intrigued now. I want to go watch. Yeah, they have, it's, you know, has a whole, they're, they're like five or six minutes and they take, you know, have like quotes from Steve Jobs, from Eric Thomas and all other motivational speakers. And he just kind of mashes them together. And it's just a nice little like four to six minute clip that just kind of keeps you going. And some of it's a little rah-rah, but that's okay. Sometimes you need some rah-rah. But that's something that I, you know, I could go to if I'm feeling a little not motivated or uh, not inspired. I go to that. As far as specifically in the last like month or so, I, I don't know what the most inspiring thing I've seen. But that's that's something that I regularly go to. And he posts you know videos fairly regularly and audio as well. After I lost my job as an interior designer, I was going through a really interesting life change. About a year later, I was introduced to Law of Attraction and Abraham Hicks. But up until that point, I didn't realize that I had any power to control my positivity, how I thought. Like I really just thought it was controlled by everybody else. How I felt was everybody else's fault. And that was just how it was going to be. So I was looking through my YouTube playlists and my iTunes songs the other day, and I realized I had all these, I'm just going to say it, listeners, you know, I don't cuss very often on the podcast, but they were actually feeling shitty playlists <laughs> and I got rid of them because I realized oh. there's no place for that anymore in my life. If that is how I am feeling, even temporarily, then now I have playlists to quickly get me out of that or I go take a nap. But, you know, it, yeah. I don't allow myself to stay in that spot very often. And, yeah, it felt so good to actually take it out of my playlist. I don't need that. Nobody needs that. Yeah, it could just snowball and, you know, a bad day leads to a bad week if you don't know how to kind of get out of that funk. Right. I mean, and I could even remember in high school that I would put on Everybody Hurts by R.E.M. I have the right name, right? Yeah. Um, and, yep. and loop it on my CD player. I'm surprised it wasn't burnt out. But looking back, I'm just thinking, <laughs> I wish I had known 
that I had the power and the right back then. But it just, everything f- at its own time and um, place for a reason. Yeah, yeah every, every every bad experience, right? If you can, if you can be mindful, you can learn from it. And Absolutely. Something good will come out of that. What is the legacy that you want to leave? I, I want to make health and wellness available to everyone. And that's a, that's a kind of a loaded ter- loaded statement, I'm sh- I'm sure. But I, I keep going back to this. I feel like there's such like this, you know, whether it's from social media, or whatever. There's this this dogmatic approach to health and fitness out there. Like you have to either subscribe to this or that or or whatever. And I think it comes down to you just really need to you need to eat real food and and move your body. That's that support your physiology, if you will. Legacy standpoint, I would like to, you know, I'm going to make this this gym down in here uh, as successful as possible, and I'd like to, uh, you know, maybe have some potential other locations in the future. But I think just being known that I, that I could help anyone and everyone, whether it's a serious athlete or someone who's never exercised in their life, meeting those people anywhere, wherever they are, and and their journey, and being supportive and not judgmental and supporting them where they need to be supported. Just being known as that guy who would work with anyone, essentially. Uh, I try not to judge anyone as long as they're, they're trying to put in some effort. I don't know if that answers the legacy question, but that's, I, I want to be known as that guy that, you know, could work with anyone. No, I really like that. And as a dad yourself, you may be a little bit shocked to know, and I don't know if this is what's happening throughout the country, at least here in the U.S., but I was shocked to learn that Physical education is no longer a requirement. Maybe I should revise that. My kids do not have to go to gym class every other day like I did all through school. I think one of them may have it for one quarter. And I'm not even sure that the other one has it at all. And to me, gym was not at all my favorite, especially in the mandatory month or two where we had to take swim class. At least in my high school, we had a pool, so they required us to swim at least one quarter during the year. And that was not my favorite, but I would have hoped that my children at least had to get the physical education in school, especially because my kids, especially, I mean, my husband's a video game developer. They're very much into video games, but I want to Mm -hmm. see them do more physical education and really understand the value. And without that, I don't think they're getting the right basis to start from. Yeah, I mean, your our physiology. We're supposed to be moving a lot. We're not supposed to be sitting all day, right? And so, yeah, I, I've seen that even since I was in high school. I mean, that's I graduated high school seventeen years ago, and I, I was already it was already dropping off. They weren't making people take PE anymore. Uh, I took PE every semester. I loved exercise. Uh, I loved all different sports. And same thing in college. I did intramurals, but. You know, people, it's just, it's going away, which doesn't make any sense because the health of this country and the obesity rates are just skyrocketing. And it's like, why is this happening? I was like, well, we're not moving. We're sitting, we're on our phones all day, which I'm as guilty as anyone, but I still do exercise. But, you know, kids are not taught the benefits of physical activity anymore, like you're alluding to. And so as they get into adulthood, they don't understand that how important that is. And it goes back to like my kind of wanted to help people like learn how it is to feel good. And if you've never got those endorphins or felt good because you're eating a healthy diet, um, you don't know what it feels like. So it's just kind of like your status quo forever because you don't get that education starting in school anymore. And that's something I want to, uh, one of my goals down here is to get in the local high school, which is about you know 400 yards away. I can actually see it from my front window at the gym. 
and uh, get in there and start working with some of their high school athletes, teaching them proper diet or anyone really who wants to work with me. But, you know, working with our high school athletes and, and students uh, locally and trying to kind of change that for the better and get some more education out there. I do. I love teaching. So that's uh, one thing I want to get more into in the future. I'm just going to throw this out there. This isn't what I normally do on podcasts, but one of my sons, while he's still very interested in, in video games, he does play competition travel league soccer. Oh, great. Basically year round, but in the off season, especially here in Ohio, I mean, right now it, it's a little bit of snow coming down. I hope it doesn't stick. But during the off season in the winter, one of the local gyms will actually allow them to do their training indoors in the gym and they just work with oh, one of the trainers. So possibility there, you know, work with any of the. No, that's absolutely. Yeah. yeah I think that's a great idea for me. I'm going to write that down actually, just as an offering. Always love to help. I had another question, but I had a brain fart. Listeners, there is a blooper reel coming up. It's going to be full of brain farts. I encourage you to tune in. <laughs> Jonathan, I want to thank you for being a guest today. I have loved this whole conversation. Where can listeners connect with you online and get to know more? And if they're in their area, sign up to be a client or visit your gym. Yeah, so um, website-wise, www.nourishedperformance.com. And uh, just so your listeners know, I do have a nutrition program starting in January called Fuel for the Busy. So if you go to my website, uh, you can just click on the Fuel for the Busy tab, and that'll bring you. We get all of the details and and just a quick synopsis. It's basically a nutrition program that's all virtual via video conference, and that is for geared toward entrepreneurs and other busy people that think that a healthy diet is just too complicated and too difficult if you're busy. But I really, like I said, I want to bring this message to the masses and make it available to everyone. So it's essentially a program on how to eat healthy for you and, and also maximize productivity with that. And then my gym is located in Minden, Nevada. So that's uh, Northern Nevada, just South of Reno, about half hour from Lake Tahoe. So if you're in that area, come check me out on vacation or whatnot. And yeah, that's the best place to find me. I'm on social media, Facebook, uh, as well as Instagram, uh, nourish.performance on Instagram. Fabulous. And listeners, again, the links will be in the show notes. Jonathan, again, thank you so much for being here. Do you have a piece of parting advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? Uh, yeah, I think uh, from a health standpoint is um, three things. Don't be dogmatic. There's more than one way to be healthy. There's more than one diet that can make you healthy. Uh, and it all starts with real food. And just make sure you move almost most days, just even if it's a walk, even if it's a couple sets of push-ups, just something. Move your body. You'll feel better. Um, you'll have more energy. And it can be as simple as that. Eat real food and, and make an effort to move every day. 